This is CliffCentral.com. All right, I'm very happy to have two entrepreneurs, Andile Ramaposa and Brad Fisher. They're doing their part fight against COVID-19 by providing ventilation technology to taxis in Gauteng. The story's been all over the news, and it's a major development. It's been marred by controversy, given that Andile is the son of the president. If you recognize the surname, you weren't imagining it. With so many allegations that are circulating around government at the moment, I thought it would be fair to invite both gentlemen onto the show to, first of all, set the record straight, second of all, to explain what their business does, and third of all, to see whether there are things here that we should all be more happy about. You know, I'm no fan of the mainstream media, and I do believe that most of the time they're looking for a story. So I thought, let's go to the source here. Andy Land Brad, uh, co-founders of SDI Force, welcome to you both. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Sure. So, okay, let's start with the Adopt a Safe Passage to Work or School campaign. Tell me about what this is and where it started. Okay, interesting. Thank you for the question. And, I'll, and I think it's important to understand where it fits within our universe. So um, SDI, which is um, the core business, um, we started that three years ago with Brad. Um, and Brad will elaborate on, on the concept. But really it came from an idea that we could, in essence, adopt and business could adopt um, community development, and the two could work together to, to create sustainability around community development. And what we meant by that was um, if you take, for example, the, the street pole business where that idea started, um, they went and uh, put up street poles in, in places like Santon, and then off the revenue, um, as a percentage of revenue on those street poles that they put up, some of that money would go towards putting up street poles in Adams. Street lighting, street lighting initiative adopt was adopt adopt a a light, but it was okay. business for for purpose of profit, driving community development. Okay. Adopt yeah. a light, and that was really the the foundation of of where we got to today with South Passage, and that's twenty years ago. But yeah. Joe, sorry to interrupt on you. Thanks, Brad. And then basically, what we did was we took that concept. We looked at um, uh, what was happening out there in terms of small businesses. And one of the things that we found was that, and, and I think all the professionals who are involved in assisting small businesses before COVID, even now, will admit that throwing money into it is not the solution. It's actually procurement, access to market. If small businesses can't trade effectively in this country, we're not growing them. And if you compare us to other nations, we did all the studies. We saw that South Africa was way behind only 27% of our economy is in the hands of uh, small businesses. Brazil, China, the BRICS nations, that's like 60%. In the U.S., OECD countries, 70%. I mean, all the cleaning, right? All the small jobs, plumbing, those are done by, by small businesses. And we found that in South Africa, it wasn't so. So SDR was informed. That's why it's called Supplier Development Initiative, because we want to develop small black suppliers, give them an opportunity through scale to basically win opportunities right. to provide work to big businesses. So we started this thing before COVID and, and it culminated in a project called the Alex 1000, where we would then take a thousand small businesses out of Alex, put them in a situation where, for instance, Sweep Stars, you know, Sweep South, the app that's owned by Shapandu, they, they set that up. You take a yeah. domestic and you would scale up a domestic to a level where through the mass of them, they could provide a service to a McDonald's, which is what we were negotiating. I mean, that was great stuff. Imagine 300 and something plus stores around the country employing domestics that live in the area to come and clean the stores. That's just coming. Right. Um, so we're doing all of that. Can I, can, I, can I say something? It was more than negotiating. We had got FNB 
to commit to the first, I think it was 150 small businesses in Alex of the Alex 1000. The idea was to get the likes of the FNBs, Nuspes, uh, McDonald's to sign on to services the other way around. First to commit to services of bolt drivers, waste pickers, cleaners, and then to invest in those business, giving them equipment, vehicles, etc. And we got a commitment out of them. We had an 8 million rand commitment to get the money into these micro suppliers' hands and do the, do the necessary skills training and order services from them. And then COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and that and, and you, had to, you had to change things at that yeah, point. Yeah, let's change things. And, and our analogy, and Brad said it, you know, you know the old thing where you say to, 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 to feed a fisherman, you shouldn't give him a fish, give him a fishing rod. We mm-hmm. took that whole concept and said, no, give him the order from Ocean Basket. Yeah. Give him that order, then he'll, he'll get the equipment cheaply and he can work towards achieving the standards to, to supply um, a, a, an ocean basket. That's our thinking as, at SDI. So can, I, can, I add us, fishing, can I come in there, Gareth, or you want to move on? Yeah, no, go, on. To say, go on, Brad. I just, want to, I just want to hear what Brad had to add there. Sure. Okay, so, you know, the trouble with South Africa is we tend to, to support big brands and we, we don't give the small person a chance. So quite right. You can go to fishing towns around the country where people are battling and the, the local ocean basket or even canteen at a, at, a, at a bigger business will order from I&J, but they won't order from the fishermen on the beach or that's, that's out of work. So you can give that fisherman the fanciest boat, fanciest fishing rod, train them up to the, to the end, which is what South Africa does with all those billions of rands of BE money and then the guy sits with a fancy boat and a fishing rod. It's not enough. You've got to give and, and force business to give that guy the order for fish. And then you'll have a chance of getting South Africa right, in our view. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 don't like the word, I, don't, I don't like the word force when it comes to this because obviously some of the reasons that the businesses yeah. do this with, with uh, larger suppliers is because they're guaranteed that supply. Yeah. And with yeah. a small fisherman, you're not actually sure that they're going to deliver, which then can ruin your business. So... What I'm interested in yeah. is you guys seem, you seem to straddle a, a divide somewhere between being an NGO that's doing real good in the communities and being a business that actually operates, whether it's street pole advertising or, you know, selling these, um, these ma- manufactured uh, articles that help to prevent the spread in, in taxis of coronavirus. Can we get onto that quickly? And just talk about the, the taxis. Let me get straight to it. So we have a business and our business um, uh, really circulates around the idea of assisting microsupplies, which is what I was giving a background on on SDI. Mm-hmm. When COVID hit, we, we put together um, SDI Force and that whole concept, we actually loved it, you know, because of the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. SDI Force, and we'd be a force for good. And we agreed as a business that this is all non-for-profit. Uh, it's our way of giving back. And most importantly, giving back, working with microsuppliers. So the guys that we were already in business with, like your waste pickers, the guys who pick up your, your recycled waste out of your rubbish, your sweep stars, your bolts, these guys were out of work. You, you know the story, sir. I mean, as yeah. soon as lockdown hit, most of these people hand to mouth. They, mm-hmm. It was just bad. And we said, well, we need to do something for our guys. First thing we did was we did the food drive, which was fantastic, in Johannesburg. Fed over 400,000 meals uh, 50,000 families, and we, we hit the road much faster than everyone else. And I like to call it we're militant entrepreneurs. We got in there when everyone else was still working things up. We just said, let's get out there. We'll work out the plan. We'll figure out how to social distance, and, and Brad and the team did that. Then as a function of that, we got the waste pickers 
back to work through cleaning and decoding taxi ranks. Can you imagine the guy that you pass on the street who's begging for money, mm-hmm. being upskilled, trained, put in a hazmat mm-hmm. suit, and off he goes to taxi rank, and now he's doing a service for, for all of us, <coughs> keeping us all safe. Yeah. And now through that, that's how we got involved in the taxis, because we realized, you know, spraying taxi ranks is just one element. And it may not be the most important element of, of keeping COVID away and decreasing COVID. If one sick person walks through a taxi rank, you've basically undone the work. Get into the taxi and deal with the taxi. Well, so we got involved. Brad, this is where Brad, Brad said, for example, um, just before we, we started recording, that one of the things that annoys him is that we're fifth in the world in terms of the infection rate. And, and that that's happening largely as a result of people who are just trying to earn a living, just trying to get to and from yeah. place A to place B because they don't have private vehicles and taxis are all we've got in this country. And, and that's not likely to change anytime soon. You, you came up with a, with a solution. Now, I, I don't see how anyone can have a problem with that. But enter stage left, a whole lot of controversy, obviously, because of your name and who you are, Andile. People are asking where you got the funding for this. Either of you can answer that, and then we can finally get to the bottom sure. of this thing. I'd, I'd like to give Brad can opportunity I, can to, I, can to I have a chance, Andy. Can I have a... <laughs> so first of all, there's no one more angry than me at people that are stealing money that should be going to the poorest of the poor. I sat on the ground from day one of lockdown, eventually with the city of Johannesburg, handing out, literally handing out 400,000 meals, privately funded, by the way, that was privately funded. Myself and Andili committed to non-profit for six months, no salary. We went to the trouble of a hell of a stringent due diligence through PWFC as our advisors, through FN, through a trust structure that FNB vetted through Worksman's to make damn sure that it would be proven after the end of six months that we didn't take one cent of profit or draw salary. So that was the starting point. We privately crowdfunded people paying 200 rand and 300 rand enough to get together meals to 2 million rand to, to feed the waste pickers on the ground. So the people that then stole from proper money from solidarity and so on, no one's more angry with those guys. And, and, and every forum and everyone else has the right to tackle anyone that's done anything untoward. Just don't paint myself and Andila in the same brush. Just because other presidents around the world's families have behaved badly, judge us on what we've done. Don't necessarily assume we're doing the wrong thing. And the controversy is not the six million that came from FNB and Bridge Taxi Finance, six and a half million to do the schools. The first, the drop in the ocean, the first few school taxis and, and work taxis. The controversy is where is South Africa? Everybody in fixing our taxis. People are scared of the taxis, scared of the taxi associations. Tough luck. They are where the, the virus is spreading. They've actually been pretty supportive, would you believe it? They buy us mm. Kentucky fr- fried chicken for lunch while we're installing the taxis. There is support on the ground. But everyone just treats the taxis as a sort of inconvenient truth that they must hide away from. And that's part of the travesty here. And a a little bit of a law unto themselves. But I I just want to go back on this. I'm not saying they're perfect, but they're the guys that bring 12 million people to work every day. And if we don't address the fact that people are sitting in an unventilated environment where 20 minutes, not according to me, I'm no expert, but it it became known that on the 12th of July, the World Health Organization issued a statement, which President Ramaphosa, to his credit, acted on, which said, a hundred scientists have put in a submission to the World Health Organization about the airborne nature of the virus, which is frightening because it means in a taxi with your mask and everything, not that you shouldn't wear your mask, 
their layers of protection, but it means after 20 minutes, you're going to sure. pick up enough viral load to get sick. Now think of 14 million people right. going to work every day in taxes, and we're sitting yeah, as a country right. not fixing it. That's the all controversy. Right, what, what, I, I want to clear, what I want to clear up here once and for all is, I mean, Andile, I'm sure you guys have family meetings where your dad says to you, now listen, you know, all of you, guys, please keep your noses clean. Uh, we've heard so many stories uh, mm. about how, you know, every other president of every other country has got their kids dipping in here, left, right, and center. I'm sure he's had that conversation with you guys. He probably yeah. had it some years ago. Yeah, I, I actually want to get into that. Thank you for that question as well. You know, um, I have to tell people this, that the only thing that's happened to me since my dad became president of this country is I, I get presidential spankings every once in a while. <laughs> so, you know, we, so me what, as a family. What have, does that mean? Eh? Oh, <laughs> that just like your dad would give you a spanking, mine is presidential. That's the only difference. <laughs> Now, I mean, but quite seriously, jokes aside, we sat as a family and we spoke about this and we have categorically stated and have done so that none of us will do business with government and be involved with government. And on my side, that is fact. <laughs> you know, we're not involved in government at all. Um, no tenders, nothing like that. And we happily welcome people to, to investigate that if, if needs be. What is critical is this, and this is the part that, that's a little bit painful for me as an individual, is... As a South African, as a citizen, never mind first family, I mean, we're at war, right? I mean, this is a war against our health, and all of us need to get involved. Am I who's involved, right? I'm capable. Am I to sit back and mm -hmm. do nothing? And, and that's painful for me because, you know, we went out there and we just said, we, we're going to give it our, our best. We, we've got a solution. We can see the problems. Um, let's get involved and, and, and prove the Tumamina concept. That, that people should get out there. Right, so and so what about, what about these people? Because I've seen some media reports about how your, your screens that protect the drivers, I mean, I think everybody's for that, right? That, and the drivers themselves are thrilled because it means they don't have to risk their lives on every single leg of the route that they take. But, but these ventilating devices on the windows, people are saying, oh, but that's just bullshit. You can just open the window. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what do you think yeah. of that? Yeah. Do you guys yeah. Can I answer that and deal it? So if you speak to professionals, there's a, a Spire Foundation there's that, that funds um, doctors to do private interventions to take the load of, of public health problems. And if you speak to Dr. Jenny Pfeiffer Kutsia, who's got a foundation called Africa, Africa Potential, Potential, part of the RMB Spire Foundation, who's okay. worked on taxis long before me and Adeli ever thought of it, uh, trying to tackle things like TB spread in, in, in taxis. And, and being concerned about things like Ebola and how they were spread in taxis. And when you speak to her, she says it's layers of interventions. And not that we've got perfect interventions right yet, but mm -hmm. you start with the president announcing when, when he hears it's airborne on the 11th of July that you're full or not, not as nearly as important as getting airflow into the taxi, saying by law you have to have your taxi windows open. But that's just the start. Then you try and educate. We've stuck up street ballers as everywhere for free. Um, ask begging people to open their windows because it'll save lives. Then you've got to actually realize that human nature is such that the other might not have heard or there's a bully in the taxi that says, close the window or else. So you've got to actually put interventions in to force a certain amount of airflow in the taxi. Then you've got to also separate the driver. Now, it's not so simple because when you separate the driver, it conspires against the airflow. 
because the best airflow in a taxi is, I don't know, Garrett, to what extent I must get into technical detail, but the point is no one intervention is perfect. I don't think we can make taxis 100% safe. People on the ground won't do this professionally, but who knows, say we could probably get it to 80% plus safer than doing no interventions. Right. Some of the stuff, some of the stuff's not comfortable. For example, we argued with the taxi guys not to have a money hatch to pass the money through. And mm-hmm. as it gets stuffed, we have to have that. It's not yeah. ideal because do you close it properly and does the air get through? But if you don't do sure. that, the taxi guys will buy it. Now some are complaining. Well, really I'm also it. curious, like how many taxis have you actually fitted with, with these uh, screens and these, these ventilation devices? And how have they reported they're working for them? The, 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 the funding from FNB and Bridge Taxi Finance was first and foremost to cover the Gauteng school taxi businesses. You know, mm-hmm. one week before opening the school, suddenly everyone worked out, hang on, there might be a problem here with the taxis. And the only guys that stepped up were those two, and they covered, we managed to convince them, and they covered the school taxis. But that's been quite a slow process to fit them. And then we said to FNB and Bridge Finance, can't we use some of the money for safe passage to work pilot project between Alex and Santon? And they obliged. So to date, you've done about a 1,000 work taxis, which is a drop in the ocean, actually and a, a few hundred school taxis. And now, because of all this nonsense that's gone in the last two days, the taxi associations are potentially putting a, a halt in the whole thing until we can go on Friday and clear up this whole thing. That has been privately funded. There was no government tender. I mean, that's the irony. There's been yeah. no money. And so we've, we've been slowed down. But, but Gareth, to answer you, there are 200,000 taxis plus in the country. Some say 300,000. They're unreliable figures. So it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a tiny drop in the ocean. And me and Andili, with due respect to us, who we, you right. need Toyota to step up. You need Solidarity to step up. You need big business to adopt safe passages to their work. And we need to, need to do it yesterday. We need to act. To me, the quickest intervention is, and I can't mention names, you need heroes. Um, some of the top, my, the guy I respect most in sport, let's put it that way, to step up and be on a taxi window that says, heroes wear masks and heroes sit in cold taxis with the windows open, even when they're freezing, because that's the quickest way of getting, I think, support to open these windows. By the time we put these interventions in, it will be another month, yeah. if, we, if we did everything right from now. And that's the real, to me, the real crying shame. The controversy is, where is South Africa in fixing the biggest problem that, in my view, that we face right now? And if I may, Gareth, I just want to elaborate on one other thing. So we, we started getting into the media months ago as the story you know, evolved. We've been talking about this for so long, and it took a, a badly written article, if I could say, headline, to get everyone talking about it. And I'm so glad you're asking these questions because South Africans, right, we are a world-class nation. Think about all the innovation that we've come up with that has gone around the world, created billions of uh, dollars worth of companies. We are very innovative. We're entrepreneurial. But now's the time for us to, to bring that to the fore, and come up with ideas to make this thing work. We can't wait for government, guys. Um, as a country, let's get involved as, 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 as business people. And, and yes, we fought for the economy to open. That was, that's important. We can't afford to go back. Um, our economy can't go on lockdown. Yeah. But if you deal with the taxis, you can create an artificial lockdown. Because basically, this, the virus spreads through the movement of people. So if taxis yeah. are safer... Right, we can deal with COVID effectively, and you know people can argue whether it should be bad or not. We don't, we're not, we're not precious about it. 
we're just the military, the, the soldiers that got in first. We're saying everyone else must come in, get involved, come up with solutions, contribute if you're a business, funding in, into, into initiatives that help the taxi association. Let's don't treat them like a pariah because I, I promise you we'll never get out of COVID without their assistance. They're, they're going to be the real heroes, just as much as the nurses are and the doctors. And that's just a fact. Well, I mean, what are your opinions, guys? Because I've been very vocal and, and very critical of your dad's administration, Andile, for want of a colloquialism here, because, I mean, we are talking about the president of the <laughs> no, country. you're allowed to be. But I, I, I've been, you know, I've been very vocal about my point of view when it comes to opening up the economy. How have you guys felt? Because you, I mean, Brad, I've seen videos of you on the ground with waste pickers. These people's lives are under tremendous stress at the moment. Yes. And they are just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many people who've lost their jobs, not because... They've been sick, but because we've been forced into a lockdown for good or for bad. So what are your opinions on, on what's going on and the way out of this? Uh, how do you see things eventually being resolved? Brad, you go first. So, and then, yeah, Brad, you go first. So, so you can imagine business people would get hold of me and, and threaten me almost or, or, or try and bully me into to speaking to, to number one, to Mr. President. I have worked with him for 20 years. I can't hide behind that before, long before he was in politics, and to to try and tell him that he's going to kill the economy and he's doing everything wrong and try and bully him, not that he would have listened to me anyway, and, and try and get a voice of business into him to open up the economy. And all we ever said was rather come up with measures to allow the economy to stay open or open up earlier, safe passages where it started months ago, then focus on trying to bully the president to open the economy because – He's working on a risk-adjusted model based on infection rate and fortunately stuck to his guns. Look at America when they opened up too quickly. So he stuck to his guns. The only way of actually working in collaboration with those risk-adjusted norms or rules that he was putting in place was to create a safe passage to work. And at first we were looking at rapid testing, which unfortunately the tests were too slow. And then we looked at the transport, the commute. And if you had safe passages, irrespective of the level that the president put the country in, you could keep the economy open and working. And so my view is, how's it been handled? And I'll be straight to put, hit us with a hell of a hard question. I think President Ramaphosa is one of the best presidents in the world, actually, and under incredibly difficult circumstances. And he's handled this thing with a lot of guts and leadership. He might not shout about it every day. People say he should do more. And he's had a lot of people against him, business, his own party, to call a spade a spade. Um, uh, NGOs, uh, naysayers, and a lot of people in his in, in government haven't delivered. I also called a spade a spade, which is, I'm sure, more frustrating to him, although he wouldn't admit it, than for you and I. But it doesn't mean that everything that South Africa has done is right. I just think one particular thing on the on the commute, the rest to me, to, to me is a sideshow. I see your shows on tobacco and alcohol. You know, if I was in charge... I also wouldn't let people drink because we don't know how to behave. Yeah. And we sit in lockdown and we beat our wife. So everyone's got their views and I've heard your show and, and, and your view on it. And to be honest, if I was in charge, I also wouldn't allow alcohol. I understand I might do it in a bit of a different way with restaurants and control it a bit. But the problem is South Africans, a lot of us don't know how to behave with, with alcohol and we beat our wives and things. And we drive badly and the hospitals fill up. So what do you do as a president? Your job is first and foremost to protect your citizens. And the stats tell us that when people drink, the hospitals fill up and then there's no space to fight COVID. 
So you you open alcohol, the numbers spike or the hospital beds spike and you close it and everyone jumps on you. So it's not easy. Um, tobacco, my view there is it's created a whole, there's there's all sorts of politics I think that may have got involved. I don't know, honestly. And I, and I probably share your sentiment on that. But let's get on to the bigger, the bigger issue. Fundamentally, South Africa behaved like a winning nation for five, three weeks and the last two weeks was very tough. I was one of the guys on the ground who was very angry at the time because we were running out of food. But for five weeks, we locked down. We've worn our masks, not like the, the farce in America where they politicize the mask or, my view, the fool of a leader there that's actually going to have blood in his hands. We handled it well. President Ramaphosa came in. He showed leadership. We did a hell of a lot right. Unfortunately, some of the team that were tasked with dispensing his um, solutions, and it's very controversial, he's saying this didn't, didn't get it right. And one, you know, particularly in things, I think, like transport. So, so you're putting well, that's, that's where that's where, but that's where you guys come in. And, and I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm only asking because you're also citizens of the country. You're free people. Yes. You're able yeah. to say what you think. I mean, Andile, there must be heated arguments. I know your family and none of them are shy to speak. Um, yeah. your, 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 your mother is a saint. I've met the woman. She really is extraordinary. And, but I'm Thank sure you. there are arguments around that table. How often have you seen them during lockdown? Look, I mean, um, <laughs> I've hardly seen my family. In fact, we haven't met each other physically since the, the whole start. I, I wanted to give you both an opportunity to just tell the story from your point of view, because I'm, I'm not trustworthy of the media in general. And I think that there are a lot of media outlets who are scurrilous. And I think that also, whenever you see your surname, Andile, people are going to look for a story. And you, you're telling me categorically, the two of you, and I want to make this clear also, that yes. there is no public money involved here, that this is an, an initiative that you two have come up with. If people want to criticize it, go ahead. But, you know, also at the same time, try and do something yourself. And, and that you do acknowledge that there are, there are serious problems with the transport uh, situation in South Africa for most people, and you're just trying to get in and do your bit. Am I more or less correct there, or am I, am I being too kind? It's, it's not just a case of no public money or government money or government tenure. There was no government money or government tenure. That's half the problem is the money hasn't got to the tax seats. But it's it's more than that. It's it's privately funded by FNB and, and Bridge Taxi Finance who have given statements. Mm-hmm. And more than that, Andile undertook for six months to work at not 50% salary, zero salary, yeah. and on a non-profit basis. He's a highly qualified guy with two master's degrees from Hong Kong University in China. He's given up a really big position in a bank, um, not for this per se, to be in business, but he's committed to six months working at no profit. And just because his dad's the president and yeah. other people have behaved badly in this country and around the world doesn't mean that he's the same. And he's been labeled with, and I'll say it, he's been labeled with controversy with Busasa. He's not the guy that received the 500,000 rand. It's public knowledge now, or it should be. And yet he still gets nailed with that. Yeah. And the same happens here. He works for six months for free, painstakingly putting in solutions. Yeah. And it's often more difficult for us. Do you think we can just rush off to President Ramaphosa and say we've got an idea in the taxis? We wouldn't entertain that. They're well, Chinese walls. We have to go through the right channels. Andile Sometimes said, doubly uh, difficult Andile, because we are. Andile said himself yeah. he hasn't even seen his father since lockdown started. So, Andile, first of all, um, yeah. how, how's your Mandarin since you came back? Uh, bonsoir, bonsoir, bonsoir. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've kept it up. I'm lucky that my wife is from Uganda, and 
I met her in China. She studied engineering in, in Mandarin, so mm-hmm. she's a genius. Um, so we've got two languages in my home currently, English and Mandarin. <laughs> right. Wow. So, 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 yeah, I'm trying to keep it up. Well, but, I thought, you know, that, I thought aside, there'd at least be, there'd be a smattering of some, some Tswana and, and Shangan, but clearly not. Oh, no, we're trying. I'm trying to get <laughs> these guys to learn the rest of these languages, you know. Um, but, and but, uh, but I'm Andy, proud to say I can cover... I, I just want to I just want to get to the serious stuff here because I do feel like even I was kind of shocked and horrified as I often am when I pick up the newspapers or I see something online. There, there are a lot of things that are going on that, in the words of Donald Trump, are fake news, and and then there are things that also we need to be suspicious of. And I don't think either of you guys are saying, you know, we are completely fantastically wonderful. You're saying come and investigate if you think there's something. I think that's been very clear. You've said Afri Forum yes. are welcome to come and investigate and anyone else. But in the meantime, you are doing this to help taxis to prepare them a little bit more, make sure people are a little more safe. And I don't think that that's worth, uh, worth climbing into you for. Yeah. And I think, um, Kath, I wanted to say something. And this is, this is the reality. Our country is in a lot of pain. People are hurting. We want justice. Okay. And I'm not going to say political stuff, but I'll say 15 years, maybe even longer, People have just, the, the, there's been an erosion of trust mm-hmm. in terms of business, in terms of government and politicians, just generally of leadership in this country. And, and so I understand that and I understand why it can spill over because of my surname and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's also because of that, that, that I have to be involved and I have to be giving because we can make a difference as South Africans. And yes, you know, it, it's, up, it's an uphill battle. But part of the fact that people like FNB and Bridge Taxi Finance and the like have come to it and said, you know what? We looked at the Busasa thing. We've looked at you. We've done our due diligence. Forensics for Justice looked at it. I mean, our, our public protector looked at it. Everyone said, you know what? This guy's clear. And they went and still engaged with us and still supported it up till today. And, and even further, they're going to release their own statements and Due, due time. But what hurts me most now is that there's people getting infected. I was doing the numbers. We've got five, remember the president said we've got 500 people getting infected every hour. In fact, that's increasing. That also equates to, 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 to one death every hour. So in the period that you and I have spoken now, someone's died of COVID. That's just another South African down because we're not fighting this thing effectively. That's just terrible. Um, so I don't know what we're waiting for as a nation. Um, Andile, I've got to come in there because if you speak to Dr. Jenny and people in the notes, first of all, closer to one and a half percent. So in the last hour, if my, if my sums are right, it's closer to six or seven officially. She thinks it's slightly underreported. So that's six or seven people that have died. Now I'm not saying it's all because of taxis, but for goodness sake, 14 million people came to work this morning in closed air environments with a World Health Organization that says, says to us, after 20 minutes, you're going to get sick. And we're sitting around, faffing around as a nation and not addressing the most serious thing, in my view, facing us right now. That, that's the scandal. Yeah. And people need to roll up their sleeves from well, the big businesses to government to everyone and get this. And you and I can do a drop in the ocean. At least we've got the thing going. But they're bigger guys that must get involved and fix this thing yesterday. It's urgent. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I read and this. I'm glad uh, that you invited us, you know, and you must interrogate stuff like this. I don't want to sound like I'm licking boots here, but it's critical that people like you investigate and ask the questions. 
Let's look behind what is actually happening. Why are people derailing the issue? Let's debate the the, the, the facts. Well, okay? I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to tell you. Like I, I went off on a on a on a mad tirade on Tuesday. I think it was, and I said. You know, oh, I can't believe Andile Ramaphosa would do this. He doesn't need the money. Why is he stealing from the state? And I said all of this stuff because I was I was under the impression that that was what was happening. So I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong in that case. And and I'm always happy to give you guys an opportunity to explain your position. And I think it's absolutely right that you do. We're all accountable not only to the rest of, of, of the country, whether it's public money or private, but to ourselves. And at the end of the day, none of us want to end up in a situation where we feel that we've behaved reprehensibly or immorally or unethically and i'm absolutely sure that there are plenty of people who are doing that without any feelings either way but it, it seems evident to me that you guys wanted to clear the slate and i'm only too happy to give you the opportunity thank you thanks for that well i read this quote Good. the other day that i thought would appeal to you both it used to be that the news would tell you what happened and you had to make an opinion up on the subject now the news tells you your opinion and you have to decide if it even happened <laughs> Ain't that the truth, gentlemen? Thank you so Ain't much. That the truth, brother. Thank Thanks, you so Gary. much, and uh, best of luck to Thanks, you both. Thank you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, and Andile and Brad. Um, we're talking about SDI. You can actually go to their website to find out more. Cheers, if you'd like to. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'll give you that website address in Thanks. the link under the podcast, cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.